What is up, guys? Welcome to the Hook and Ladder. Uh, I am Oates, and I'm here with my partner, as always. Party. And we are ready to rock. You guys, it's been a hot minute before. We've had good sports news to talk about, but we do. We're excited to do so with you, all our faithful fans. So let's run through the rapid rundown, as we always do at the top of the show, Garrison. Then let's dive into some some conversation. So uh, Tom Brady is reunited with one of his favorite targets. A lot of people probably already know who that is, so we'll be discussing that today. Uh, This unretired NFL player wants to go join Tom Brady in Tampa. Madden has announced its next cover athlete. The Browns are looking to trade a star player. Who is it? And uh, college ADs, the NBA and MLB are optimistic that their seasons will be played. Chelsea has a new target. What would his arrival mean for the club? The 49ers appear to be moving lots of pieces. Uh, is this a smart thing uh, before the draft? Our reaction to parts one and two of the MJ documentary. Uh, high school basketball stars and five-star recruits appear to be going overseas or committing to the G League uh, as, as opposed to going to college. And all this and more on the hook and ladder. Stay tuned. Stay Let's tuned. Let's do it. Stay tuned. Yeah. Man. Like you said, a lot to talk about, and it's refreshing uh, given circumstances. Uh, so obviously, you guys heard mostly NFL news that uh, was you know run by you in the rapid rundown. First and foremost, who, which favorite target of Tom Brady is heading to Tampa? Yeah, Rob Gronkowski. Um, I think that's pretty exciting. I thought he was going to make a, his debut in the WWE at some point during last football season. Um, but yeah, I think he was a spe- he was on a special event. Uh, but he did. I win think a belt. that was when he was he did playing. Win a, he though, won right? some sort of belt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I thought maybe he'd go into that avenue. Um, it was hard for me to imagine. Um, uh, I guess it was hard for me to imagine him being done with football. I believe they changed some of the rules about testing for marijuana. Right. I had not heard that. I. I that's what I heard. So maybe that's how. Maybe that's, that's how. That's why they reinstated Josh Gordon. <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. So yeah. we'll look into that. Uh, but all I know is that he was a big advocate for cannabis derivative like medicines for his body. And he talked about how his body and his head space was just in a really bad place when he retired. And he just couldn't play football anymore. Could be with the culture on the Patriots. Not fun. Rob Gronkowski just really wants to party. Yeah. I mean, even after a Super Bowl loss and being injured, he wanted to party. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, looking back over the statistics of his career, uh, you just see uh, towards the, la- the last three years with the Patriots, he was banged up a lot, you know, especially in 2016. He missed half the season, you know, suffered a rough injury there. And then the next two seasons, he... He played most of the season 14 games in 2017, uh, 13 games in 2018. Uh, but his statistics, uh, 2017, he had over 1,000 yards receiving. So he's still clearly a very effective player. 2018, he dipped you know, down to 682 passing yards um, with only three touchdown receptions. Uh, Was that the suspension year? Uh, that very well could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he... He's been very inconsistent as of late, and part of me worries, you know, his, his body's been breaking down and whatnot over just just the constant beatings he's been taking. He's a six foot six target yeah. running down the field. The other team has no choice but to go low when they're going to tackle a guy like that. Otherwise, they're going to get demolished. Um, his knees have been through a lot. 
uh, sit and from what he's you know what he's spoken about his head has been through a lot you know mental his mental health hasn't been there at all um, but he seems to be like you said in a better place Tampa new location and he actually talked a little bit about that um, we have a we have a video for you guys to show assuming oh, as soon as as soon as you know our lovely technology gets back uh, into shape and if not, that is also all right. You know, stuff happens. Well, how did that just happen? I just made it. But <clears throat> Tampa Bay has sent ignoring the. Them. Yep, we're ignoring Oats. Uh, Tampa Bay has sent the New England pa- New England Patriots a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick in order to make that trade happen because Rob Gronkowski still had one year, ten million dollars left on his deal, so the Patriots still owed, had rights to him, and. Uh, yeah, I, all in all, I don't think that's too bad of a trade the Bucks made. They're clearly going up for an all-win, all-in now kind of approach. Um, so it's it. This could be a high ceiling reward right now. And uh, Oats, your computer. Oh, 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 maybe. This HDMI cord is touchy. That's unfortunate. Stick with us. We had a fantastic show, you know, or video planned to show you guys. And, uh. What is happening here? It wasn't doing this beforehand. Not until I literally <laughs> just moved the computer and I messed it all up. I feel badly. A lovely blue screen. Well, you know what? Let's, uh. Let's chalk. scrap the video for now. Just kidding. We don't have a video to share you guys uh, to share with you guys. Unfortunately, that's really odd how that happened. But hey, that happens. So let's take a look at Tampa Bay's offense. I've got uh, oh maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, Tampa Bay finished the season seven and nine. They had very inconsistent play with. What is going on? This is so weird. They had inconsistent play with the likes of Jameis Winston, uh, a mediocre defense uh, off, you know, and then when you put a mediocre defense back on the field so consistently, it really does make things tough. But when you look at this depth chart, you've got Tom Brady at starting at quarterback, obviously. You got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Rob Gronkowski now at tight end. Uh, you've got some weapons on this offense that I think Tom Brady is going to be able to have success with. And then defensively, you know, you got the likes of Indomitian Sue up front, Jason Pierre-Paul also up front, and then maybe they're able to build a little bit with, look at that, maybe they're able to build a little bit in the secondary as time goes on. But without further ado, let's take a look and see what Rob Gronkowski uh, had to say as far as joining the Bucks. Just a sec here, folks. Yeah, we had we had music in the background as well. We were on a tight ship here. Uh, you know, I've had many questions throughout. Yeah, uh, you can tell. The whole time I was retired from uh, however long ago that was. That was about a year ago, a little bit, a year and a month So ago. here's Rob talking about why he wants to play. I was getting opportunities uh, throughout the whole uh, retirement uh, to come back, uh, which, is, which is special. And I'm definitely blessed to have those opportunities big time. But I've always said, uh, for sure, I've, I said it from the beginning that I wouldn't come back unless if I'm feeling it, unless if I'm feeling good, feeling healthy, and I'm feeling like 
uh, I'm ready to go. And now this is the case. This is the time. Uh, it definitely wasn't last year. My body 100% needed a rest. Uh, you know, I played football for whatever, 15 years straight, uh, college, high school, NFL, and I was taking hits, surgeries, everything. My body 100% needed a rest. I didn't have that fire underneath me, but I knew I loved the game of football. I've always have. That's why I've always played it. That's why I ha I've had a nine-year uh, career with the New England Patriots. Uh, so I was feeling good, you know. I, I wouldn't say I, I had no fire last year, even at the end of the season to come back. But, uh, you know, as the time rolled on, uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, I started really picking it up. My body started feeling good. My desire to play the game of football uh, was coming back. And uh, I knew that, you know, by the time the season would be rolling around again, I would want to be back out there. So uh, that, that desire, that passion has, has lit uh, lit lit into me and you know I just felt like in the last couple of weeks it was it was it was the right time to hop on before before it was too late. Sweet. So there's Rob Gronkowski himself giving us the words on why he wants to play. Um, as you mentioned earlier, just being banged up the last few seasons. Uh, injury definitely being a thing. Uh, but, you know, when your body gets a rest, it does an amazing thing and it allows you to reset. And, when, you know, you don't know a good thing till it's gone. So maybe Rob didn't realize just how he was not ready to let the game go. And so Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, 2.0, coming at you. Yeah, uh, you look at uh, – I, I was touching on this a little bit before the, your computer decided to work again. Um, you look at this Tampa Bay offense. You got Tom Brady at quarterback, Ronald Jones the second at running back. At wide receiver, you obviously have Mike Evans. You have Chris Conley, Scotty Miller, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait. Now there's rumors that uh, Tampa Bay will likely move one of those backup tight ends just to ease up cap space, maybe bring in some other pieces elsewhere, spread that money around um, somewhere else on that team. But that you know, Tom Brady has plenty of weapons on offense. The question I have is can the defense last uh, and keep Tampa Bay in games. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see what the experiment holds. I still, you know, I mean, they were they were a good team last year. I, I seven and nine. Yeah, is that good? No, I mean, just... you're one win away from you know 500, <laughs> and you're two wins away from a, a winning season. As a, and like, just look at you know if they were able to sneak in at like. 10 and 7. We've seen the Giants be able to do some magical things uh, coming in with a record like that as well. So, I mean, the the jury's still out on whether or not Tom Brady is a viable NFL quarterback at this age, but on paper, you got to be afraid of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. At least at least you respect them more so now than we teams would have in the past. Oh, they're going to get a lot of attention, that's for sure. You know, not only from the media, obviously the media is going to, that's all we have to talk about right now, <laughs> but uh, from other teams as well, especially in that division. Suddenly that division becomes even more dangerous. Obviously, I think the Panthers might take a, a bit of a step back um, with regards to their team with the loss of Cam Newton, with the loss of Luke Keekley. But Teddy Bridgewater is... He's solid. Yeah. He's solid. He's I haven't seen much more than a game manager yet out of him. But oh, to be really? fair, when you know you have your... You potentially he, have a, your he leg... He utilized Michael Thomas well on the Saints he, last he, Oh, he really did. And he got them to that... He was 9-2 and two as yeah. the starter there. Yeah. So he's a fantastic quarterback. I'm, mm. I'm you know not arguing that. But he's... He's going to have it all on his shoulders. And he right. has Christian McCaffrey behind him, you know, to 
bail him out of certain situations, I'm sure, but it's a whole nother deal when you're the guy. But I digress. You look at, you know, New Orleans is going to be back. They have Drew Brees will be back. And then the Falcons, jury's still out on them. I don't know what kind of what kind of team we're going to look at. They, they still have incredible talent in Matty Ice, Julio Jones, and now Todd Gurley. Maybe. But uh, that's a very interesting division. Yeah, absolutely. Things have been shaken up. And, well, you know, we've been uh, traditionally pretty rough on the – on the pros of signing Tom Brady, but as these pieces fall into place, uh, it, it gets you wondering about how this is all going to turn out. So uh, excited to have Rob Gronkowski, a great guy, back into the NFL, though. That's a cool thing. Absolutely. Speaking of the Buccaneers and people wanting to come out of retirement to play, we got another player uh, who used to play uh, in the state of Florida collegiately. He's a huge household name. Then he comes and has a Let's let's discuss uh, Percy Harvin and his NFL career and and kind of how it was before and and if he's a viable person to return to an NFL roster this year. So here's the here's the thing I have with Percy Harvin is he's now 31 years old. Um, when he was in the league, he struggled with migraines frequently. Um, he was he was an attitude problem in the locker room. We saw that especially in Seattle when he joined the Seahawks. And granted, he helped them win a Super Bowl. His uh, kickoff return in the, to start the second half essentially iced that game. Uh, they likely would have won anyways, but still. Um, but there's no doubt he had just immense speed with Minnesota, Seattle, um, but then his career really fell off. And uh, looking at the stats here on Pro Football Reference, um, after 2014, you know he was on two teams that year. He played for the uh, the Seahawks and the Jets because the Seahawks got rid of him. They were sick of the drama he was bringing into the locker room. He didn't get along with Richard Sherman, shocker. Um, and he he played 13 games. But then the next two years, he played seven total games. Mm. So. I realize he's been out of the game since 2016, so he's likely got some juice back. But what version of Percy Harvin are we going to get, and is he going to be an issue to bring into the locker room? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that that wide receiver group for the Buccaneers seems to be uh, pretty well-rounded as far as deep threats and things like that. So having a quick underneath uh, type of Receiver would be great, and is Percy Harvin that? I don't know. He's as you mentioned, tremendous speed. Uh, end arounds seem to be getting more and more popular uh, in in the NFL game, so that would be, I guess, a, a viable way. It's kind of how um, the 49ers use Debo Samuel. You see him come around on a lot of end arounds and things like that. So, could I see him in a, in the NFL? Yes, um, and it's kind of just the Tom Brady effect. You know, people who had previously. Uh, kind of parted ways with football, trying to find their way back in. Uh, it's it's very interesting times uh, for the NFL. So Oh, very interesting. Yeah, and the, I think there probably is a spot for him out there just because people need speed. It's just how much speed does he have left? What has he got? Well, that, that remains to be seen. He had some incredible years. I mean, uh, his most successful year statistically, back in 2011, he almost had 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. So uh, if he's able to recapture any of that magic that he's had in, at Minnesota and Seattle, uh, he can make a team very happy, and I'm sure Tom Brady would find use for him. Sweet. Do we have anything in the comments? Anybody have anything to say about Tom Brady? Drop it in the comments below. 
Uh, if you're listening live on Facebook or if you're listening on Anchor, we just want to say thank you. Please subscribe and don't forget to smash the like and share button for us over there on Facebook Live. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Well, speaking of which, here's a comment from Jason Hansen, uh, former Genesee Bulldogs uh, high school football coach. Okay. Uh, Jason asks, which happens first, NFL draft glitch with drafting online or a trade? What do you think? Uh, like a trade gets messed up in the draft? I'm or? not sure if it means during the draft or um, just it must be during the draft, I'm guessing. Yeah. I could definitely see the a very, The happening. first thing that's going to happen, <laughs> um, I think that they'll be ready. I think there'll be a lot of test runs as far as the draft and things like I, that. I think that's um, what he's alluding to yeah. is they've been testing it and there's been plenty of glitches. So Oh, but, really? Yeah. So oh, no. I crossed. know that uh, the uh, ESPN was able to pull off a pretty good e-draft for Giannis and LeBron, but obviously many more names and having to be in so many locations and trying to get coverage of all these athletes all around. It's going to be quite interesting. I think, to answer your question, I think there'll be a trade before there's a glitch. Yeah, and I mean, we already see plenty of teams talking about trades. Uh, there's, We'll get to the 49ers here in a little bit. <clears throat> they're, they're certainly maneuvering their roster to be ready for the NFL draft. You got a name like Odell Beckham floating around out there. He's Apparently, again, we'll talk more about this, but apparently he is unhappy in Cleveland. Shocker. Um, so, yeah, I, I, could, I could very well see a trade uh, go down before a glitch. So, hey, thanks for the question, Jason. Again, guys, drop your comments below. We'd love, we'd love to chat with you uh, as the show goes on. But until we get that next question, moving on to another item we have on the list, Madden. Uh, the very popular NFL video game. I wish another game would come out and compete against it so it would force them to get better. I digress. <laughs> Madden has announced that Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson will be the cover athlete for Madden 21, and Jackson says he's not scared of the Madden curse. Should he be? No, I don't think so. I think a lot of people try to project a lot of things on Lamar Jackson. They tried to tell him he was a wide receiver when he was first coming into the draft. They tried to tell him he wasn't a true quarterback. Uh, they tried to tell him that his style of quarterback wouldn't work. And I feel like that pressure alone is much greater than the pressure of being on a video game cover. And uh, it's all just it's all just nonsense. There's no such thing as a real Madden curse. And uh, I think that... Well, Patty Mahomes, they, he just won a Super Bowl and he, he was the Madden cover athlete. Exactly. So, you know, hopefully... Uh, we're not looking at a new Madden curse where the curse is winning the Lombardi Trophy. That'd be terrible. <laughs> oh, brutal. Because um, hate to see the AFC come away with another one. But You look at, let's, let's go through Lamar Jackson's stats here really quickly. In his first ever season, uh, over 3,000 passing yards, um, 36 touchdowns, uh, 6 interceptions. Yeah. That's not bad. Not bad and at all. And one MVP to boot. Obviously, when the playoffs came around, he struggled against the Tennessee Titans. Titans came in with a great game plan and really locked him up and made him force the ball into some tight windows uh, that he hadn't been dealing with before because the team went 13-2. and They had a dominant season, and Tennessee just came in and punched him in the mouth, and I don't think they were used to that. It mm. just kind of took them by surprise. So... Uh, for me personally, I don't I don't see Lamar having a bad season. I do think next year that I don't think the curse is going to be a, a thing. However, next year I would say that teams are going to be more ready for him in that 
whoa, here's the game tape, here are his tendencies, here's what he likes to do in these certain situations, in third down situations, here's how he reacts to -to man-to-man coverage, here's how he reacts to the blitz. All of that's been compiled, and now they all have that tape. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I don't think he's going to be as dominant, but I don't think he's going to, you know, have a bad year by any means. I mean, and you look at their division too. They got the Steelers. That's always a good matchup. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the AFC, it's just, it's gotten weaker. I mean, uh, except maybe that one division that we've already touched on, but that division, yeah, I don't, I don't see them running into much trouble and uh, he should have a good year. Yeah, so Lamar Jackson, best of luck to you from the hook and ladder. We appreciate a good, exciting mobile quarterback. Yeah, uh, so let's stay in that division. Number four, uh, are the Browns going to trade Odell Beckham, and should they? Before you answer that, here's uh, a quote that uh, I pulled up. So on Wednesday, W fans Mark Mal- Malusis. He's probably not watching this. It's fine. Reported the Cleveland Browns were talking to the Minnesota Vikings about a possible trade involving wide receiver Odell Beckham. I thought, I honestly thought that that was real just because, oh, they just they just lost Stephon Diggs. That makes sense. But Cleveland.com's Mary Kay Cabot said that the rumor was false. And uh, but Fox Sports' Colin Coward uh, said Beckham wants out. So if you're the Cleveland I was going to say the Cavaliers for a second. If you're the Cavaliers, do you trade for... No. Uh, if you're the the uh, Browns, are you looking to move Beckham, or do you want to give this another run? You know, I think that he has a big personality. Um, but I think one of the good things that is there is that one of his very best friends in life is a veteran and a captain on this team. And I think that that will negate a lot of you I don't think you saw a lot of outbursts like you saw in New York in Cleveland and I think that his friendship um, is enough to to maintain a good locker room environment Um, now obviously you want to see them sacrifice that friendship that they've had all the way back since high school being recruited to LSU uh, together um, with Jarvis Landry um, for those who don't know who we're talking about Um, so I just think I think you hold on to him right now he's a He's a generational talent, you know what I mean? He's an incredible player. Um, he runs incredible routes, has great hands, and I don't – he's still pretty young. I would keep him. I'd keep him. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. Let's be real. Uh, he had an abysmal season last year. The whole team had an abysmal season yeah, last year. I think that – you know who I think's fault that is. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens, maybe? No, no. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Wow, uh, that's crazy. You blaming Baker Mayfield. Go mm. figure No. Um, I don't know if I buy that, but see, I put more of the blame on Freddie Kitchens. Um, you know, the year, I think the offensive line was horrible. I think, um, and when you base an offense on deep routes, uh, deep concepts that forces Baker Mayfield to hold on to the ball longer and look downfield and, uh, he says he's a mobile quarterback, or people say he's a mobile quarterback. He's clearly not. Uh, you got defensive ends who are faster than him chasing him down, and that's why we saw him forced into so many rough situations. I vividly remember the San Francisco 49ers game where he he just looked awful. And But again, I don't put the blame squarely on his shoulders. Do I think he was overhyped? Yeah. 
absolutely. But I still think he can have success. And when I look at Odell Beckham's situation, he's probably looking at Baker Mayfield as kind of a prove-it situation. Are you the guy who's going to get me the ball? Um, But again, I can't, if I'm Odell, I can't point the blame all at Baker because Freddie Kitchens has got me running a 20-yard you know, dig route or something like that. And Baker Mayfield's back there running for his life with, you know, talented defensive linemen pursuing him and his offensive linemen are just in shambles. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it comes down to, I think it comes down to quarterback play and um, getting through your progressions faster because no NFL concept is all deep routes. There's got, there's levels to every single play. Um, but I think that Baker Mayfield struggles to read the defense, which results in him holding the ball longer. And he's, he's confused by what he sees, and he's unable to take his eyes down from the, from the secondary in time to react to the, to the O-line. I just don't think that he's that good of, a, of an NFL quarterback, in my mind. I think that there's so many other – I think even Jameis Winston – would be a good signing for Cleveland. I think, you know, just, I just, I don't believe in Baker with all of the ads that he's been able to do with commercials. I'm surprised he hasn't got a glad trash bags commercial, you know, because you're going to need force flex to deal with his trashy game. So, (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. Trademark. No. Um, Yeah. I don't, I'm, let me be clear. I am in no way suggesting that I think, I'm sold on him, you know. To me, this next season is going to be a prove-it deal. Okay, we got rid of Freddie Kitchens, and we're going to – they're probably going to clean up the offensive um, side of things, you know. Miles Garrett's going to be back from his suspension after nearly killing somebody. Uh, uh, they added pieces all over the defense. You think he nearly killed somebody? Uh, no, not really. I think I think that, one, I think, I think that he got kicked in the nuts – I think that Mason Rudolph started it, every bit of it, the whole oh, face yeah. mask thing. Yeah, I agree. Everything. Um, and then I think that once he started being attacked by more than one person, then he got he just started reacting at that right. point. When he swung the helmet, obviously a mistake. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, and I'm with you. I think Mason Rudolph was – he absolutely set that off. And then, you know, he's continuing it off the field too it's a bad look bad look and yeah. that's why he's never going to be a starter again likely um so yeah odell beckham if i'm the browns i have to gauge is he going to come back if we can put this together but for me i don't trade him if yeah. we can put the, an offense together around these two wide receivers holy cow dangerous yeah. and the defense is still there so yeah. for me if i'm cleveland i hold pat and hope something changes yeah. And you got to realize the Baker experiment is not concluded. If you trade Odell now and Baker ends up to be he is the problem, you just took away. Then you just got rid of Odell, and now you have one less star receiver for whomever else is coming into the situation. And you, David Njoku, I think is a very underrated piece of that puzzle. The tight end who he was fantastic as a rookie. I can you know attest to this. He's on my fantasy team. So <laughs> there you go. Um, by the way, join our fantasy group on the hook and ladder. I'll uh, post that again at a later time, but just throwing it out there. Anyways, so I think, uh, I don't know, the Browns still have a shot at being a, being a competitive team going forward. But enough about the Browns. 
uh, we've got a good football team to talk about. James, you're very close to this team. Why don't you dive into a little bit about what is going on in San Francisco? I don't know what's going on. I, I have been trusting the process, using Philadelphia's term, with L- Mr. Lynch from the beginning. Since he joined uh, and started running this franchise, I've been excited to see what he's been able to do. Uh, same with uh, Coach Shanahan. Um, now, I think that there's a little bit too much tampering with the roster, in my opinion, for the amount of success we had last year. Um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, I feel like at this point we're tinkering with things that are not broken. That's how I feel. Um, I don't think that there's enough rookies in the draft that are going to be able to do what we already have. So trading for two picks here and two picks here, we're not rebuilding anymore. So this this move veterans around for the sake of the future, I feel like is done now that we've made it to the Super Bowl, and now we just need to clean up the way that we play. I wouldn't say that our Super Bowl loss was a personnel issue. Um, I think mm, that it was no. a play calling and uh, and just maybe situationally, maybe situationally, Garoppolo didn't. Some people could argue he didn't do enough. I think that he played extremely well, um, minus the last couple minutes, and uh, it just Patrick Mahomes and that offense is that good. And for anybody to say anything otherwise would be ridiculous. Just looking at that whole playoff run that they've had, proving to be one of the most dangerous offenses ever. We've never seen a team being able to hit runs like that. That it was almost like watching a Big Twelve football game. You know, it's it's bonkers. But so I think it's too much. I think their 49ers are doing too much right now. I agree. Yeah. I mean, to, you just you just were one quarter away from being crowned Super Bowl champs. You look at that the defensive side of the ball. I don't think we've seen as talented a roster as that since the Legion of Boom on defense. Um, you look at the offense. You guys were humming along all season. Just up until you know that last quarter, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, you know you got you got talent all over that roster. You got Greg Kittle, you got uh, Jimmy- George, Georgie, George oh Kittle. George George Kittle. I don't know why I said Greg. Uh, you got a very underrated Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin, um, the the running back situation, Tevin Coleman, Matt Matt Breda, mm-hmm. um, and then. You have somebody else, too. But, we have Jarek McKinnon. And what about your fullback? And we have Coleman at running back. We have, yeah, we have your Juice. Your fullback is extremely yeah. dangerous. Juice um, check. Yeah, Armstead, Nick Bosa. The list goes on. And for me, to be moving all these pieces around, because chemistry, I think, is a big part of the game that goes not talked about. Mm. Or maybe these GMs just don't necessarily think about as much as they're approaching, ooh, it's time to retool. Yeah. Okay, but you had a great locker room. The team obviously kind of, you know, played well together, um, had fun doing it, and now it's kind of like, let's shake the whole thing up. That It doesn't necessarily pan out every yeah. time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought they should have ran it back. I could understand maybe the Colts trade because they do get that really good pick back, and they had so much talent up front, so maybe they could invest yeah, that pick elsewhere. and pay everybody. Right. Eventually it would fall apart. I mean, it is what it is. But um, the reports I've seen say that several players are up on the table. 
Yeah. They just, you know, Quan Alexander being one of them. Um, and the D Ford was another that jumped out. Both very, very talented players. Yeah, I think that the I think that I think that they're just seeing if they could get a big piece, possibly not even a draft pick back for those players, like an existing piece that they could add from a team, like an Odell. Um or something like that. But personally, I think our, our we have a very young wide receiver core. Kendrick Bourne, a wide receiver that you didn't uh, have on your list there, as well as um, uh, Debo Samuel, who I think was our most dynamic player on offense in the receiver position, bar none. Emmanuel uh, Sanders was a great addition. By no means was he our best receiver. It was easy for us not to sign him back this year because of the young talent that we have. Um, so, I yeah, I think just maybe – uh, maybe they might just be just throwing it out there just to see what pieces people are willing to move um, and then rescind and keep those players. Um, I haven't heard a single statement come from Quan or D, so I'm wondering if the if the front office is telling them, hey, this is rumors or whatever the case is. But I I don't see. I don't see moving them being a good thing, and I don't think that talking about it anymore would be a good thing either. Right. Uh, as right. far as the franchise shouldn't be having conversations with people about some of those key players. Right. Well, I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see how that unfolds out uh, down in the Bay. Um, I forget what pick they have in the draft, but you know they have they have good position. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, though, we've got some good news as far as sports go. Uh, college. Apparently, in a poll, 99% of college athletic directors uh, think that college football is going to be good to go. The NBA is optimistic that their season is going to resume. And the MLB uh, is optimistic that their season will be good to go. So when you hear those reports, uh, James, other than just being super happy, uh, what are your thoughts? You know, for me... Uh, with the college ads, I'm like, of course you need the money. Sure, yeah, you'll make it happen. I even heard, uh, I even heard the Big Twelve say that if they couldn't play college football, they wouldn't play any of the sports. Gosh, because it the football it actually generates. pays for the other sports, um, and and TV coverage for track and baseball games, things that don't bring in as much money or as much viewership, but they're able to provide the same amount of coverage because of the money that football brings in. Um, so Big 12 has come out and said that. So I'm optimistic that we'll be able to get back to normal. Um, I think that it, when it all is said and done, we might look back and say a bit of an overreaction. But we we have way better numbers than a lot of countries all around the world, and thank God for that. Yep. And um, and we did what we needed to do, but it's time to get America back to work, and it's time to get people uh, back employed as there's people who have been let go and laid off during times like this. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. No, Especially me, for the NBA. Me, oh, absolutely. A playoff time was fast approaching. I wonder how, if and when they do decide to relaunch the season, what are they going to do with the rest of the regular season games? That's going to be interest, an interesting effect on the playoffs. You know, teams are suddenly, oh, we don't get much warm-up time to get ready for the playoffs. And once the playoffs start, it's an it's a grind. You know, it's potentially 16 games uh, in a quick span mm-hmm. uh, as far as, you know, you play one game, you have a night off, you play another game, and then there's travel to the, you know, opposing right. destination. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting 
storylines in the NBA as the playoffs approach. MLB, you know, they if their season, you know, if it goes much longer to where they're not able to start, you're looking at billions and billions of dollars lost and already lost most likely, mm-hmm. you know, with the fact of the TV contracts and whatnot, just not being able to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like you mentioned with college college football, that would just be utter devastation across the landscape. I mean, uh, like you said, it pays for a lot of those sports that otherwise likely wouldn't have a shot. Um, so when I think the country sees that, they're kind of like, okay, it's time to get back to work. Money talks. Um, so whatever the case may be, I'm really excited to have sports maybe start creeping back in. It'll give us something to talk about. Maybe we'll be able to show some highlights here yeah. on our new technology. Stay tuned, guys. Um, yeah, no, just really good news, and uh, I thought we should talk about it. So, yeah, absolutely. So this is some good, you know, potentially good news for you as a Chelsea fan. If you guys uh, caught our last episode where we had fun playing some FIFA, or I, I did at least. Um, I didn't have very much fun. <laughs> we have some Chelsea news for you, though. Out of the Premier League, uh, Chelsea are in the running for Coutinho, Felipe Coutinho, excuse me, uh, an excellent winger. When you hear that news, how? what do you think that could do for the rest of Chelsea's season, this again, assuming they get back to it? Yeah, you know, um, fourth place right now uh, in the standings. So, I mean, it's an exciting thing to have, uh, I think, to fill a hole. We have uh, either the young American Christian uh, uh Pulisic. and so he's obviously kind of touching he's not a, he's not a great international player yet I wouldn't say as far as as far as in the Premier League he's not uh, performing at, he doesn't stand out like he does when he plays on Team USA is what I'm trying to say right and um, I think that it's an experienced player who plays for an incredible club right now he's used to playing at a high level of soccer and that could do nothing but help um, and right now I think that would be a good thing uh, just and it's also a good thing just for Chelsea fans just to have something to talk about. Right. Something to think about, something to envision. And uh, I would love if we could bring him in. Um, so. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at uh, your current, you know, team roster. You've got uh, you got Pedro at forward, mm-hmm. uh, Giroud, uh, a very talented striker. Willian, he's always good down the wings. Tammy Abraham, a very solid striker. Uh, and then Mitchie Batshuayi, uh, a very interesting prospect who you guys uh, got back from Dortmund after his loan. Um, yeah, I think uh, Chelsea could firmly cement themselves into a top four position and be looking at a uh, UEFA Champions League spot next year if they do make this move, just because it gives them that little extra oomph. Um, sometimes, you know... Uh, with football, you need you need a you need good rotation. I think rotation is key when you talk, um, you know, Premier League or heck, any football club really or soccer club. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I think that would be a fantastic move. You're looking at a deal of around 98 million pounds. Mm. So big, um, money. big money, but hey, Chelsea's a big money club. So uh, we'll see what happens over at Stamford Bridge. Um, this is kind of. A, an interesting story that I've been noticing the past couple, the past few months or so. And it's high school basketball stars and five-star recruits are foregoing college and take either taking their talents overseas 
or going to the revamped G League? What are your thoughts on that? Is this a sign of things to come? Yeah, I think, amen, thank God. Because this is, honestly, thank God, because I think that the one and done is bad for college basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the argument of college athletes shouldn't get paid because they get an education, but then as far as basketball speaking, you know that that young kid is going to, to the NCAA to make money for the NCAA because they got with the NBA and made it a rule so that they could all have money in their pockets off of these kids and kids are getting injured and they're not shaking out in the draft the way they thought and this way um you know i think uh lamello ball is like pretty high draft prospect in the top four if i'm not mistaken right um and he did not play college because of some eligibility issues that he had gone overseas and obviously played um when in Europe and as well as in Australia. And he actually bought his own uh, club in Australia, yeah. his own basketball club. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that this is a great thing. I think LaMelo really showed people that, like, look at me. I'm in the conversation as far as a, a lottery draft pick. And I did not go to one of these institutions that just want to milk me for as much money as they can for as long as I can, for as long as they can. So, I'm happy for it, and I also think that college basketball will benefit in the long run because the players who will be there playing will be three- and four-year starters. Right, yeah. And that's going to make the quality of basketball better. Absolutely. And, you know, that's not to say that the one-and-done kids didn't put on a show. I mean, it was really cool to see Zion suit up at Duke and just— But do they win rings, though? Right, the one right, and exactly. There's rings. no continuity, especially when they get to the NCAA tournament and run into a team like Stephen F. Austin. That, I don't know why they jumped to mind, but they those guys have or been Villanova. there. Villanova. Villanova. Uh, they, they rarely recruit one-and-dones. Even a team like North Carolina, uh, yeah, Roy Williams. Yeah, he rarely goes after the one-and-dones. So it's going to be— I believe uh, May was a senior— when they won, yeah, this last yeah, year. he was he was and a walk on. There was a couple and, seniors, but and he turned into a star. Yeah, I mean, so when you look at those rosters that have a lot of continuity in the game of college basketball, uh, Gonzaga comes to mind too. Mm-hmm. They uh, they just perform better when the the show show comes in March, um, and yeah, those one and done teams. You know, Anthony Davis's Kentucky, I guess, and Jalil Okafor. Um, leading their teams to victories, but you rarely see those kind of thrown together rosters mm-hmm. pan out. And I think it's going to be interesting to see a guy like uh, Mike Shashevsky. How is he suddenly going to kind of put the brake on the one and done thing and try to go back to what he used to do? Mm-hmm. I had a lot more respect for him when he ran a program that wasn't a one-and-done factory, right. you know? So I agree with you. I think it's going to be healthy for college basketball. Uh, it may take them a second to adjust just because it's been ingrained for the past, what, seven, eight years? Who knows mm-hmm. how long? Or late, early 2010s. Um, probably longer. And, uh, But all in all, yeah, I think it's going to be healthier. The kids who just want to go play basketball have the opportunity. Uh, we're seeing kind of a farm system pop up which I think is good for the NBA. And uh, it sounds like these kids uh, that I that were kind of basing this discussion around, Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd, they were both five-star recruits. Isaiah Todd was actually committed to Michigan. Um, Jalen Green had offers from 
all over the place. But they just jumped to the G League, and the G League's paying them a salary, I think, of around thirty grand, uh, and they have the ability to go back to college uh, if they if it doesn't pan out. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think there's a lot of good on yeah. both sides. It's a win-win for both sides, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And we obviously know the likes of Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, players that came, LeBron James, that did not go to college, that have successful careers. So uh, these kids by no means are risking the longevity of their career by going to the G League, especially with the opportunity to return, as you mentioned. So I think it's all in all, it's good. And uh, it's good to see, uh, honestly, uh, the platform for those three, four-year players to be able to, you know, make a difference when it comes down to March Madness for those big schools like Duke, where you would normally see a lot of freshmen in there not being able to handle the situation, you know, falling apart in the Elite Eight or Sweet 16 or something like that. So I I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. So that brings us to our last topic of discussion, which was the Jordan documentary, parts one and two. Did you see any of it at all? I didn't get to see part two. Okay. Uh, Did you see part one? I did. Okay. So you can at least kind of go back and forth a little bit me on part one here. Um, let me first dive in and just kind of read some statistics for this. I mean, everybody was excited, and uh, this is an article from ESPN. The Last Dance averaged 6.1 million viewers for episodes 1 and 2 across ESPN and ESPN2 from 9 to 11 p.m. on Sunday. That is according to the ESPN release. Of those 6.1 million, 3.5 million were in the 18 to 49 demographic, episode 1, uh, 9 and 10 uh, p.m., Averaged 6.3 million viewers, and episode 2, 10 and 11, averaged 5.8 million viewers. In addition to viewership, The Last Dance dominated the conversation on social media as well. I mean, you saw guys, NBA players, left and right, just saying how excited they were for this show. On ESPN alone, the two hours averaged 5.3 million viewers, with episode 1 delivering 5.6 million viewers, and episode 2 delivering 5 million. The premiere episodes rank as the two most viewed original content broadcasts on ESPN Network since 2004, surprising You Don't Know Bo, 3.6 million. Mm. It also the It's also the most wide-viewed telecast on ESPN since the College Football National Championship game, and additionally, The Last Dance ranks as the most-watched telecast among adults 18 to 34 and 18 to 49 since sports halted across broadcast and cable networks. Uh, that was from Forbes.com, all those numbers. Uh, I like how they threw in the demographics there because I think... Uh, People younger than us, um, you know, I caught Jordan when I was five. Right. So I didn't really understand what was happening, but I always remembered my dad and uh, my family. Heck, my mom was into it too, uh, where the Bulls were on and everything was Michael Jordan. Everybody knew Michael Jordan. Right. And uh, in fact, I remember whenever I would take medicine or something like that, uh, my dad got us to say, to the Bulls, and we would always down it. I don't know why that was our tradition, but we always did it. So he just had a profound effect on everything. But I digress. Episode one, what was your overall reaction to it? Um, I just can't believe the management of the Bulls. Oh, my gosh. I'm just like, my gosh. And then later I saw on the Internet a parallel between him and the bad guy from Space Jam. 
and like they uh-huh. even they even look similar. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I didn't know that either. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, and poor Scotty Pippen. Like, this guy is possibly the most underappreciated basketball player in the history of the NBA through episode one. Yeah. Like, yeah. my gosh. Are you kidding? Yeah, did you actually see the numbers of what he was making compared to the rest of the roster? You said he was the sixth pay, sixth highest paid player on the team. Yeah, 122nd and, in the NBA. Yeah, and he was only making $2 million. 2.5. And then Michael was making like 30 plus. Michael was making 30, 33 or 34 million. I forget the exact number. Uh, then you had Dennis Rodman. You had Ron Harper uh, and a couple of other, other guys who didn't have anywhere near the impact of Scottie Pippen. And apparently what happened was when, when Michael Jordan had taken off at such a high level, the NBA's market value just exploded. I mean, it went through the roof, and understandably so. I mean, it, Michael Jordan was the greatest show uh, in sports at the time. So, as a result, all the players' value went up. Uh, but Bulls management made it clear, don't come and renegotiate contracts when... I don't want to hear it until your contract is done, and then mm-hmm. we're ready to renew. Um, so, it, I don't know how far you got in episode one, but episode two really focused on um, Kraus, I think is his name, the uh, general manager who who was in baseball. And uh, not many people wanted the Bulls to bring him in because he had a a room, or a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, People, he alienated people. So they brought him in anyways. And uh, don't get me wrong, the, the show gives him credit. Like he put together a winning roster uh, when Michael is in his second year, he they play Boston in uh, the playoffs and they get, I think, swept. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jordan went off. So the Bulls realized, okay, we need to build a championship-level team. So they bring in the likes of Horace Grant um, and some other pieces here and there. But Dennis Rodman. Eventually. 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 Next episode is about the Pistons. Okay, yeah. So that's, we're not there yet. He's, that's, that's, the, that's the battle that built Jordan. Yes, know? exactly. So... But yeah, I'm with you. What in the heck was management thinking? Jordan in the press conference talked about, let us go out our way. We're winning championships. Why change it? You know, as soon as we lose, fine. Do what you got to do. But we are consistently winning. Uh, Kraus and Phil Jackson never got along, apparently. And uh, they told him, you're gone after this season, even if you win 82 games. And so Phil was like, okay, that's it. We're going to call it the last dance. Yeah, in Phil fashion, he gave it a name. Yeah, and Scottie Pippen, interestingly enough, he was very bitter, shocker. He was very angry about how underpaid he was. So instead of taking a surgery that he needed to have done um, you know, right away so he could heal all summer, he waited till middle of summer probably and said, okay, now I'm going to do the surgery kind of as a middle finger to mm. management. Michael Jordan called him selfish in episode two. He said, I thought that was a selfish move by Scotty. Now I have to carry the whole thing. Um, and for a while, the Bulls are struggling. And uh, I think the last game we that the show touched on in episode two was they barely beat a horrible Clippers team. Uh, they, had, they went to two overtimes. Jordan had 49 points. Um, but yeah, he was having to carry it all. Yeah. So. And that's kind of where it leaves off, and they move 
towards uh, the Pistons in episodes three and four. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Go ahead and check out The Last Dance. I'm going to be checking out episode two as soon as possible, trying to find a way to stream that one. So, Do you think while we're on here you could find a preview, preview for, for episode, episode three maybe? Yeah, stick with us. If we can't, I don't know if we can. You know, it's uh, We'll see. We might be able to find an overall um, I guess preview for episode three and four, or just of the show in general. But hey, that's more uh, that's more hype for us. Oh, yeah, episode three, the top one or that one. Oh, I think this is a review. But they might have a lot of confidence in me to knowing that I'm gonna be there for them. I'm not gonna let them down. I'm not gonna let the team down. I'm gonna let the city down. No. He's like terrible. Dennis is what held us together. This guy was up. He had to really focus to make us as competitive as we were. We adapt and we adapt quickly and we're off and running. Speaking of the devil, Dennis. Sweet. Sweet, sweet. That's a brief taste of episode three. The quality wasn't that great, so you get the gist. You get the gist. It actually looks okay. I was watching the playback there. So, in any case, that is the end of episode eight, guys. That's all we got for you today. However, one thing I did want to touch on Friday, we're having a, I guess, a FIFA battle against us. We'll take on all comers. Yeah. And uh, drop your gamer yeah, tags. drop your gamer tags here. Uh, we've already got one. Um, you know, or, already got one scheduled. I'm talking to you, Marvin. Uh, I'll play you this Friday. So I'm not sure when in the day we'll start that, but uh, yeah, we'll see you guys then. Uh, please smash the like button, share the stream, uh, share this with your friends. It'll really help us grow uh, and get to where we want to go, which eventually is just bringing you consistent content. Uh, follow us on Anchor. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Google Play Music, uh, iTunes on there, and a host, a whole host of other listening, I yeah. guess, However platforms. you listen, you can find us. Yeah. So, again, for uh, the hook and ladder, I'm Hardy. And I'm Oates. Yep. Till next time, guys. Yeah, see you guys. And don't forget, stay tuned for awesome articles by the hook and ladder's own uh, Garrison Hardy and don't forget to share those as well as he always keeps us up to date on what's going around in the world of sports. Thanks guys. See you next we'll time. See you next time.